welcome to this week's edition of Trippy Kid Radio. I'm your host, Roy Turner. Joining me this week, I have a special co-host. Uh, she is a model, firearms, and comics enthusiast. Welcome, Domino. Thank you so much for having me. I'm totally stoked to be here. And we, and it's a good thing you're a comics enthusiast because I tell everybody out there that our special guest this week is none other than Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men. Uh, which is a great show. Uh, it's an extension of, if you're familiar with the Kevin Smith films and the Kevin Smith's uh, View Us Universe, uh, Ming Chen has played a large role in that uh, behind the scenes. And kind of what the show's premise is, is to kind of give his friends and his orbit kind of a bit of a, of a, of a platform to talk about what they love. Uh, Kevin owns a comic book shop in Red Bank, New Jersey, where he grew up and where a lot of the, a lot of the films uh, were, were made. And uh, it's a place called Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Very appropriate, of course. Absolutely. And you, you've seen those films, right? All of them. Hundreds and hundreds of times. Like so much that you can like, quote them and that kind word of thing. Word for word. Okay. So, again, so that's perfect because, you know, it, those are those kind of movies that nobody saw once. Either you saw it a hundred times or you never saw it, right? Absolutely. Okay. So it's got that great uh, that great uh, fan base. So anything that's kind of associated with it kind of gets some residual love there. Uh, and so they film it there, right there at Jan Salabob's Secret Stash in Red Bank, New Jersey. Uh, and they're about, I think they're on their third season. But we, we, anyway, we had, a, we had a great talk with Ming Chen, and uh, I'm excited to bring that to you uh, this week. He's a great guy, great personality, very positive, very, very positive guy. And we're going to be talking about comics and, uh, and kind of the history of, of our own personal, you know, uh, people's history of it. And, uh, and a whole lot of other different things. And we'll be bringing you uh, the song of the week. So... Uh, so strap in. So Domino, I wanted to ask you, so what was your introduction to comic books? Uh, well, I guess mine's a little bit different than most people. Most people were into comic books as a kid with like the originals, the DC and the Marvel Universe. Sure. Uh, but mine uh, came after seeing the movie Constantine in theaters, oddly enough. Uh, I was so into that story that I did some digging and found out that it was a Dark Horse comic based on Hellblazer. Wow, wow, okay. Um, so I immediately binge read all of those, and then it kind of opened up my whole universe from there. I moved on to like the vintage Golden Age Hellboys. Okay. Uh, and then some of the more obscure comic books like uh, Crawl. So it's like, like a gateway drug to... Uh, it, <laughs> comics were absolutely a gateway drug to me. I spent every penny I had at, uh, at a Dallas sci-fi con on an entire stack of vintage Hellboys that I didn't have. What do you think it is about comics that, 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 that creates non-casual fans? Uh, for me, and I think that I can honestly say this without it being a blanket statement, is um, is the way that the artwork tells the story. The artwork for you, It's yeah. so much more than just it being 2D print. It kind of, the, the words are like uh, secondary sure. to me, honestly. I mean, that's basically just a caption for what's actually happening, I think. Uh, you're attracted to the art first, you're saying. Exactly, okay. yeah. But what do you think about in terms of, I mean, but there's, there's these characters uh, and the art and all that stuff, just not only does it attract people, it attracts them forever. You know what I mean? It, it, like nobody, it's kind of like, we're talking about music earlier, like nobody was into, you know, uh, Slayer for a little while. Either you're all in or you're all out. And it kind of seems to be that way with, with, with comic books. What is it about this medium that just, just people aren't casual about it? Um... It'd have to be the human element. You think so? Honestly, yeah. because they, 
in very few instances are they just born mutants. Right. I mean, let's think about it. Uh, for instance, Spider-Man is right. Peter Parker. Totally normal dude. Could be the guy that uh, scans your groceries, you know, right. every day. And you wouldn't know that he's, like, flying off of buildings and shooting webs <laughs> out of his forearms. Well, and that's kind of the genius of Stan Lee. And, and I always wanted to mention Stan Lee as well. Um, was, you know, I think it's also it could be something nowadays a lot more social. Because i got to be honest, you know, I... I'm not I'm not as old as Stan Lee, but whenever I started reading comic books, there may have been things like Comic Con and things like that, but but it wasn't anything that that it happened very often and certainly nowhere near where I grew up. So uh, Comic Con seemed to be something I didn't even hear about until much later, and and it really has to say that it's really grown so exponentially, like in the last like five or six years, where now there is there is a, a major Comic Con event almost every other month. Uh, here in Dallas, at least, and, mm-hmm. and, and then of course you have the big ones like you know, of course the the main Comic Con in San Diego, uh, just like uh, the Holy Grail, right? Of just cons, right? Exactly. Just got back from New York Comic Con, and then of course um, uh, fans of the show will know that you know my alter ego DJ Tricky Kid, along with uh, with uh, Tech Force, we performed at Marvel's Nerdy New Year here in Dallas. Uh, we got to do the big countdown with Stan Lee, and it was a big roast and. Uh, on his birthday the night before, 94 years young, and we had Stan on the show, and we want to extend, uh, again, another thank you and, uh, and, a, and, a, and a, another happy birthday and happy new year to, to him. He's such an inspiration for his longevity and just being such a, a rad dude. And like you mentioned, though, he's the one that brought the the human element to, to comic books, but I think it's also like a social thing because, like I said, I, I can't really point to a time in my life where I never can say that there was a time where I read more comics, okay, but I never stopped, is my point. It wasn't like I read comics until I was like 15 and then turned 30, had a midlife crisis, and was like, oh, yeah, those. <laughs> I miss them. I, I miss what that felt like. No, it, yeah. it, it has been one of, one of the constants in my life. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's something on some levels. It's comforting. Uh, but, it's but, a nice it's a nice way to escape for a little bit you know it's non-judgmental you know here's something else though that I think because I always you know we all like to think that, that, that we're special and I, I know I certainly do <laughs> but what I've learned is is that in hindsight uh, you know I grew up very poor uh, and you know I thankfully I had a you know I had a, had a great mom who was always you know she was always had her nose in a book and she was very very uh, very well read. So for me, I was just kind of doing what she was doing, but I was just kind of reading what I wanted to be reading, you know. But like, but like you as well, I was drawn to what a kid would be would have been drawn to, you know, the art, uh, the kind of the imagination of it, uh, probably first, you know. But I, but I, I didn't realize that it's not a coincidence. Where I think it's it, it's strange for me because it seems to be that most people that read comics, of course, you know, the term geek and nerd is simultaneously interlinked with comic book reading. But I'm not introverted. I'm not shy. I'm not disconfident. I don't, you know, I, you know, I may have had bad skin uh, at some point. But... I don't know. I, I, I wear the, the term nerd like a badge of honor. Like... Well, okay, okay, but, but that's 2017. Nerd. 2017 <laughs> nerd is hot. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like Scarlett Johansson is now uh, in, uh, in uh, the... Uh, uh, you know, Ghost in the Shell, and then you've got, yeah. you know, Megan Fox and Transformers. That, that term doesn't apply anymore. Try the late 80s, babe, okay? 
you know, you weren't, you weren't, uh, the girls weren't, weren't, weren't beating your door down when you, uh, when, when your copy of, uh, you know, of, uh, of, of cable was falling out of your trapper keeper, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, so I've, but it's always been kind of confusing to me. I, I guess I was, I don't want to say introverted, but I always had a big imagination, but I don't find myself having a lot in common with other comic book people, but that's not fair because it's like, I don't find myself having a lot of common with a lot of people that like a lot of things that I like. Um, but one thing, however, that we do have in common is that it's always been a one constant, you know? So when you got turned on to comics, what were some of the titles that you were, that you were, that you were, that really turned you on, that made an impression on you? Well, let's see, like I mentioned before, um, obviously Hellblazer was my first and will always be my favorite. Um, actually anything for that matter, but, you know, the Dark Horse comics. Sure, Any sure. of those, uh, which was another excellent one that I read. Um, had some vintage Transformers that nice. that I fell in love with. I actually started a collection of vintage and golden age comics for my daughter. Okay, good. So that when she gets old enough, you know, we can pull those out. For and, sure. And I can start, you know, because that's good parenting. I totally. Feel like a, a good foundation. Like, I that's think where we need to start. Any listener out there <laughs> is right now, is applauding right now. <laughs> Uh, the hands are being clapping. And if you don't mind me asking, just, just for, uh, so the people who are listening can get a frame of reference of what, of when you would have come about comics, uh, how, how old are you right now? Uh, I am 33 right okay. now. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and people that will be able to go to trickykid.com and be able to see what Domino looks like, you would probably would challenge that and say she looks more like she's like 23, 24. <laughs> And you know that you know you know you look a lot younger than I've what you actually are. Good, I got good genes, and that's what you I got. You do, man. I had it's, a good draw out of the, the genetics. You did, man. You got you got you picked the you, you got you got picked by the by the right ones. Um, but uh, I only say that, uh, and thank you for being so candid about oh, that. Thank you. Is so that people can kind of go, okay, so how old was she when she was ten? And so they have to kind of think, okay, so this is about you know this is about twenty years ago, maybe you know early to mid nineties. Um, I'm a little older than you, uh, but I, uh, but here's something else. I can remember Dark Horse Comics as being, because back then you had, you had the, the, of course, Marvel or DC, mm-hmm. and you were loyal. I'm a Marvel guy through and through. They had all my favorite titles. DC, universe uh, here. Sorry. It's, okay, so you see, so. The battle still continues. It still continues, man. <laughs> and what's even funnier is that I really think that the reason why I've never been interested really in Batman is simply because it was a DC title. Seriously. <sighs> I know, and Batman is a great story. You know, I mean, I you know, I love the movies, everything else, but I I never read Batman as a kid, and the reason why I think it was specifically because I was Spider Man. I was I was into Spider Man. Batman isn't a part of that, and never the twain shall meet. Nope. And so I really think that if Batman was like a a like it, it was introduced into the Marvel universe, I probably would be a huge Batman fan. I really think that it just shows you how important people think it's silly, but it's. And I'm not saying that it should exist, but I'm just I'm not going to downplay its impact. But even point. even though there is a large, you know, divide between the two sides. They still come together because it's a common, it's a common love that we it is. share. No matter if you're you're Marvel and, and I'm sure, DC, for like, sure. I can wear my my Batman underoos and and you can wear your Spider Man and we can still hang out and eat popcorn together in our underwear. It doesn't, it doesn't change a thing. <laughs> in our underoos, I agree with that. And I think that any medium always benefits. Certainly, the fans do from some healthy competition. You know, you can look at it any aspect. If wrestling fans out there will will know that when the WWE had real competition with WCW, they put out probably their best product. Uh, when well, you know, 
all all good comics have conflict. I mean, Superman right. has Lex Luthor. Right. Uh, Spider Man has Doctor Ock. Right. Uh, I mean, we can, we can go on go on and, and on and on. And on right. On the Fantastic on Four had Doctor Doom. Doctor. Yep. Uh, you know, of course. And so, but now for me, uh, you know, because uh, you also have to have to think that you think that you picked which comic that you like, but you have to also realize that the comic also probably chose you. And here's why. Like, since I grew up in the 80s, for me, why would I have started reading, like, let's say, a comic like The Avengers from the 60s, or, or like, I don't know, like, Commandy or something, why did I, why was I into G.I. Joe, Masters of the, Human and Master of the Universe, and Transformers, because I was the proper demographic. Because mm-hmm. young people always have to claim something that's there for themselves. Just like the music you listen to, okay? You can discover your parents' music, and right. you can still listen to current music as an adult. But nothing going to make you feel the way that when you discovered what was yours. So, I, I was lucky enough to have been on the periphery right when uh, thrash metal was really, you know, uh, getting its footing. So, I mean, I was 12 years old when Rain, when Slayer's Reign in Blood, Metallica's Master of Puppets, and, you know, Megadeth's P-Cells and Anthrax's Among the Living. I was 12. So, perfect. Appetite for destruction. Uh, right? Uh, it's around the same time. So, so when, when those things happen, like, you know, I have gone on to appreciate blues and jazz, and I'm a professional DJ, as, as our listeners know, and I grew... But nothing but that right there, that stuff is mine, okay? And so because of that, no matter what happens after that, so I think that's a, that's a good answer or, or at least my own answer for why people aren't casual about it. Because when something really turns you on like that, it, it stays with you. Now, now, and also, why do you think, what is, why do you think that there are so many more, like how, Maybe back in the day there was like one Comic-Con in the entire country per year to now that there being four to six major events in every major city every single year. Why do you think that is? I think, honestly, like the bigger cons kind of gave other diehard enthusiasts and maybe not so diehard enthusiasts, right. but it gave them a platform to be like, hey, these guys put on this awesome thing about all these things that they love. Right. Why can't I make that accessible for the rest of the people that maybe, I mean, not everybody can make it to San Diego Comic-Con, let's face it. Right, right. Have you tried to buy tickets to it? I've I've been. We've all seen that episode of Big Bang Theory where they're all posted up in their living room and they're refreshing like crazy. Right, right. You're a big Big Bang Theory fan. I've noticed you mentioned that quite a bit today. Oh, no, who is it? Right. But no, it's it's absolutely like that. Um, And so I think that other people, you know being pioneers and saying hey let's let's do this like it can't be it's it's not impossible well at the same time i think that there's two also things that that have to be mentioned and and we've done other episodes about this so i won't i won't expand too much i'll uh first of all it's mainly it's common sense anyway but i think the two things is first of all the expansion of the marvel universe becoming movies okay so that that's reached such a much bigger audience Mm -hmm. okay so now when you go to the cineplex Instead of deciding between which, you know, tearjerker starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks in it, now there's almost always some type of, and you're like, man, you know, you know, when, when it's the, when it's the, you know, somebody, when it's the geek's turn, I want to go see this. I said, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, and I think it's the rise of cosplay. 
okay? Because now that people, and we've already, we've done several episodes on, on cosplay, and we will do... As well you should. And we will do many, many, many more, as we should. In fact, uh, I will say this again, that our cosplay episode last year was the most downloaded uh, and the most uh, streamed episode that we've done yet. And that means over all the big stars we've had on the show is people are so dialed in and, and connected. And I am too. I am now very dialed in to the cosplay community. Uh, and, and I do cosplay as like my everyday makeup. Yeah, right. But I mean, but I mean, this is this is a big deal now, and people are doing it for, for real and are doing it like hobby style. But also, there's people out there that are doing it like for big business and it's a career and they're doing it all over the world. So uh, I don't mean to sound dismissive in this episode. It's only just because we, you know, we, we have we've covered it so much. Uh, but please know to my cosplayers out there how much uh, I, I adore you guys. And, 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 we love all of you. Uh, right. And, and and for those that haven't heard the cosplay episodes, we had Joni Brosis, who was considered to be the number one cosplayer in the world. Uh, and certainly, the, uh, you know, no offense to anybody else, but certainly the, the most talented one that I've met and who actually is responsible uh, for me, my kind of my foray into kind of getting back into. Because I, I never stopped reading comics, but I didn't really know what Comic-Con was. Uh, ironically, and this is what I, I was going to parlay into, and I've talked about this before, but was that I was at the Sundance Film Festival in 2000. So yeah, so, um, so I was at Sundance I was in 2015, and uh, the first time I'd ever been there, and I hope to return soon as well, uh, is that, you know, there's all these huge stars, and, you know, I'm doing all these premieres, and I'm doing all these, uh, all these, all this big stuff, and I got invited to stick around at the end of the festival, uh, to go to the Salt Lake City Comic Con. Now, believe it or not, at that point in time, I had never actually had even been to Comic Con. I'd never been to one, and this is just two years ago, right? Um, was that 2014? I think it was 15. Anyway, I think it, it might have been 15. Anyway, um, and here was a deal: was I went to Comic Con, going, oh, you know, I read comics. Yeah, I only, you know, I only go to a comic book store maybe like once a year, and I'll pick up like whatever title uh, that that I I like or whatever you know, current thing. Uh, one thing, and I don't want to preempt this, but like uh, the title that I read as a kid stopped in '95, uh, and so I was kind of sporadic for a while. But anyway, so I go, and I was like, it was just this crazy, eye-opening thing of what how big this thing had become. And Joni Brosis is from Salt Lake City. She was there, and I met her, and and I, when I the word cosplay that I never was any part of my vernacular. I didn't even know what that, what that was. I didn't know what that meant. I mean, sure, I've been to midnight screenings of Star Wars and seeing people dress up like Leia or and all that. Horror picture show. Sure, but this was something entirely different. I just became so fascinated by it. So I have, uh, we do a, a Tricky Kid Top 10 Cosplayers thing. So I'm telling you this so that you understand that I'm not being dismissive here. Cosplay is a big deal to us and, and a major part of, of this program. So to all our cosplayers out there. We love you and keep it up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So... Uh, so the thing I wanted I wanted to mention how I said about ninety five was that my to know me of course is to know this but I I mean I'm wearing a hat of it right now is my comic book was GI Joe okay and now GI Joe for those that don't know him I'm sure you probably know this but that don't know GI Joe of course was a was one person it was a toy in the late sixties early seventies you may have heard uh, the reference people reference uh, GI Joe with really? the kung fu grip. Right. Yes. Okay. That means that it was there was one person from every branch of the military, and it was this very kind of basic thing in a big twelve-inch figure. 
but in 1982, uh, Marvel Comics uh, uh, and Hasbro, um, right, so Hasbro brought up uh, the rights and to release a new line of toys for G.I. Joe, where it was the G.I. Joe team, okay? So G.I. Joe is not one person. G.I. Joe is simply represent a team of elite people with all different individual characters and personalities and special abilities. Thus, a universe is born, right? Okay. And then they got with Marvel Comics to try to put up out a comic book that would sell the toy, okay? So, think about this. This is supposed to fail, okay? Think about it. It's a toy. Most toy shelf lives, uh, no pun intended, you know, help the fickle kid uh, usually lasts you know, between two to five years. You know, yeah. you know, there's, of course, the shining stars, you know, in the franchises like Star Wars and things. Uh, and it actually, it was what they call the three and one, one, one fourth, the uh, size figure of Star Wars uh, and G.I. Joe that really gave birth to that whole genre. So it's actually very pioneering in, 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 its, in its medium. So anyway, uh, so this comic book should have lasted a year. Okay. And it probably should have had about seven different writers. Nobody wanted to do it. They grabbed this guy in the mailroom and, and, and a guy named Larry Hama. And again, this book should have just been this toss-off thing that eight-year-olds were reading uh, that nobody cared about. I was eight when it came out. Uh, and just to sell some toys and then and then, and then then F off, I guess, is the only right. better way of saying it. Just quietly disappear. But the genius that is Larry Hama, who is in my holy trilogy of, of people that I lo I've looked up to in, in, in my life, went on, and of course, you know, there's 12 months in a year, so there's 12 issues a year, created such a universe single-handedly. Everything that you see with, like, you know, without even ever reading a, a G.I. Joe comic book, you know, it's like Star Wars. You've never had to ever see Star Wars, but when I say lightsaber, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Everybody knows, in the... In the in English-speaking world knows what a lightsaber is. Right. Okay, so same thing. When I say Cobra Commander, you know what that is, don't you? Yeah, it's the only evil entity that announces their presence before they attack. There, there, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And then, you know, so, so you know what these things are. And so, uh, so anyway, so imagine all that coming from the mind of one man, which is insane to think about. Uh, a lot of people out there will know this. Like, whenever you buy an action figure... And in the very back, you'll see like a little dossier, like a little like kind of like file card. Larry Hammond invented that because just so he could keep it all together in his brain. He would create these little characters uh, in their backgrounds. He would lay them out on the table. And then somebody at Hasbro had the idea, why don't we slap these on the back of, a, on the, back of the, uh, the action figures? And it'll give it a, a more, of a, more of a thing. Right there, without even buying a comic book. It's got his hometown and, like, you know, if somebody was from, you know, Waterloo, Iowa or something, but if somebody's from Dallas, Texas, that, that kind of gives you an idea of what to expect. If somebody's from, you know, Detroit, you know, you, you could probably do a Detroit, you know, imitation, like, right here, here, uh, right now, you know? Or could, could you? Could you do a Detroit in the house right maybe, now? Maybe not Detroit. But Brooklyn? I don't know, like, from Boston, like, he'd be wicked awesome. Right, okay, there you like, go. Like, he'd be wicked tough. Okay, perfect. There you go. See? Okay, so anyway, so, but Larry Hama should, that, that book should have lasted, again, a year. And instead, it lasted for 13 years and 155 glorious, magical episodes, uh, issues. Issues. So think about that. That means that was from 8 
to 21 in my life. Think about that. And uh, there's a whole other story that I could tell. We're actually going to do a, just a specific G.I. Joe episode at, at, at another time um, where he had no time to prepare his last episode. I mean, he might give him 13 years of your life. And then suddenly somebody walks into your studio and goes, hey, that issue you're preparing right now, it's your last. And he had, I mean, he wrote all of them. He was, there's only two issues out of 155 he did not write, okay? And they were just one-offs. Everything came from this one man's brain. Can you believe it? In 1995, how would you feel? I would be speechless. That would be like somebody telling me that, like, someone took my baby. Yeah. Like, like no. I. You know what? I probably would have. I probably would have been a little obstinate about it. For, for sure. Maybe try to like just publish it myself. Well, he did something very, very cool. He, he took the main character Snake Eyes. And basically, the final letter he abandoned the current storyline. And basically, what it was, it was a letter from the from uh, this kid to Snake Eyes, which was really a letter from Larry Hammond to the fans because it was his last chance to kind of say what was up. You know what I mean? Yeah, to actually communicate with him what was going on. That's right. And you can say you can never go home again, and you can never go back. But it, I, I, the unthinkable happened. Fifteen years later, almost sixteen years later, that. Somebody, uh, IDW, bought up the license for G.I. Joe, did the right thing, rehired Larry Hama, and didn't even restart it. Picked up right where they left off with issue 156. In fact, the lead into the comic was issue 155 and a half that was given away free on comic book day. I mean, I, 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 I don't mind telling you that I was a weeping, nerdy fanboy. Is that like Christmas so, for you? Totally. I mean, but think about that. You, you, you don't get those things back. When a show ends, when, when Barney Miller turned off the lights, we're not going back. To, you know what I mean? You don't Absolutely. get to go back. And I'm proud to say that that comic, he's still writing it. And it's still, I think they're on issue like 220-something now. So... So big shout out to Larry Hammer there. We're going to uh, take a quick break here. We're going to be right back with, with Ming Chen. But we're going to first we want to thank uh, the great sponsors of this show. And, and they're the ones that kind of keep the lights on here. So we want to tell you a, a few things. One is that if you go to trickykid.com, that's tricky-kid.com, uh, you'll be able to actually see uh, more pictures of what we're talking about. You'll be able to see pictures of me meeting Larry Hammer, uh, pictures of Comic-Con. Uh, at all the different cons that we've that we've been to uh, recently and, and and coming up in the future, uh, and speaking of the future, a lot's coming up. Um, we will be at AllCon, uh, which is March twenty fourth to the twenty seventh here in Dallas, Texas, doing this show uh, right there on the expo floor. Uh, also for the Texas Pinball Convention, uh, we'll be doing that. That's coming up in Frisco, Texas, in a, in a few weeks. Uh, as well as the big uh, Dallas uh, Fan Days uh, Comic-Con Expo. So lots and lots of chances to actually come see us in person and uh, come up if you see us, come up and say hello. Uh, and we'd love to meet every single one of you here. Um, Bonus and, points if you're in cosplay, too. Just going to go ahead and throw that oh, out well, there. For, for, for sure, because you know, you know how we always uh, do cosplay shoots, and, uh, and we welcome everybody to come in and say hello and, and be, a, be, a, be a part of the show there. So lots and lots of great opportunities to see us in person. Uh, we hope to see you at AllCon. We, we hope to see you at Dallas Comic Con and the Texas Pinball Festival coming up. Uh, also, when you go to TrickyKid.com, uh, 
at the very top of the page, you'll see office furniture to go. We all need, you know, some type of furniture. Most of us have offices in our home. Do you have an office in your home as I well? I do Nevada? have an office in my home. So, I mean, you probably are in need to probably replace some, some of your old furniture, eh? I don't know why, but I go through office chairs like nobody's business. Well, then I will also implore you as well that if you go to tricky-kid.com, that's T-R-I-C-K-Y-K-I-D, Click on the link, and if you buy something there, they'll throw a couple bucks back our way, uh, and it kind of keeps shows like this going. Because the show is free, and I encourage you to go to, if you haven't already, to go to iTunes, uh, type in Tricky Kid Radio Podcast, uh, and type it in and click that subscribe button, and it, episodes just like this will appear in your iTunes each and every single week. And for like, Android users like out there, magic. you are not left out, because you can go to trickykid.com again, and you can stream it absolutely free each and every single Thursday, just like you're doing now. Uh, obviously, you you can find us on the webs at uh, on Facebook at Tricky Kid Radio. Also, uh, go to my alter ego, DJ Tricky Kid. You can click on both those pages and like them. You get a lot of fun information. Find us on Twitter at, at, at sign Tricky Kid and the number two. Domino, where can they find you at? Uh, actually, that is uh, something that's in the works at this point. I'm uh, my newest endeavor is in its infancy. It's going to be the tacticalkitten.com uh, because, as we mentioned before, I am an avid firearms enthusiast. Right, right. Um, so it's going to be a great place in the future to see live video or uh, pictures of me at competitions or traveling around the country and making things go bang, which I am one to do. <laughs> um, and it's going to be coming here in the next few weeks, so not, not too much longer, um, but tacticalkitten.com. Okay, so y'all be on the lookout for that for sure and check that out. Uh, and again, like I said, we're going to bring you the song of the week, uh, and then and then we'll be right back with, uh, with Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. Okay, so let me talk about Song of the Week, because this is going to be a little bit more involved. This is going to require a little bit of explanation that I wanted to talk about. So the Song of the Week this week is the song that you probably have heard a lot uh, right now. It's a, it's, a, it's a big hit. It's it's probably going to be considered one of the songs of this year. Like Whenever they make a mixtape of 2017 in the future, this song will be included. It's, uh, it's Camilla Cabello. Uh, with this rapper guy, of course, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, and the song is called Bad Things. It's everywhere right now, and it's awesome. But here is what we're going to do. Um, okay, so the <laughs> reason why I'm laughing is because what somebody has done, uh, has, and I didn't do this. I'm a DJ, but I didn't do this. They made a remix where they took Machine Gun Kelly's vocals or his rapping, whatever, out of the song <laughs> because they're kind of terrible. Um, now again, okay, so but, but here here is why this this is funny and this is why this is important to me. Okay, I uh, admittedly I'm at the age now where I am no longer the demographic for new upcoming young artists and new music on 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 the new radio station. You know, I'm further down the dial. I'm listening to classic rock or even now even the hip hop that I listened to uh, as a kid is now kind of like classic rock there's classic hip-hop stations uh and so it's not that i don't like new music or, or new current stuff i'm just not the demographic for it uh, i remember when music was you know uh, i'm used to being recorded on you know actual instruments and analog equipment so i'm able to hear it with different set of ears so when i hear all this 
you know, kind of auto-tune kind of stuff. It's it's just not really, you know, and again, it's just it's just not meant for me. I'm just I turn on, you know, award shows. I don't know who who any of the you know any of the nominees are. I'm I'm that old curmudgeon that's lost the plot apparently. But um, I tell you that is because I you get to a certain age when you hear new music, and it's you know, the only new music that you're going to get is pretty much new music from the artists that you already know and like, and then you lament how it's not as good as the stuff that <laughs> from before. Uh, so, for example, it's like the only new music I get is from the bands that I've always been into. You know, uh, you know, uh, new, um, you know, new Metallica, new, well, you know, new Slayer. And I tend not to do that where you kind of go, oh, man, uh, you know, this is new, but it's not as good as because nothing is going to be as good as it was when you when you first got turned on to it. That's just how it works. Anyway, I say all of this because it's been a very long time. Uh, I would say at least a couple of years where I heard a song that just absolutely stopped me in my tracks. Where I was, I mean, from a, a a new artist, and I get turned on to new music all the time. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of great artists that are coming out and stuff, but again, just not like the big the big summer hit thing. Anyway, and so I heard this song, "Bad Things," and the song starts, and you'll hear with Camila Cabello's voice. I had no idea who she was, what she looked like, nothing. And it literally has been so long where I just, I had to pull the car over to, 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 you know, to find out who this was. It was just, I couldn't believe anybody could, could sing like that. It was amazing. So when I get home, I, I find out that, that it's by Machine Gun Kelly and, uh, and this girl named Camilla Cabello, who I find out is recently departed from Fifth Harmony, who has just timberlake that shit uh, because... I, nothing against the other girls. Uh, I didn't realize they were a whole this whole X Factor kind of you know American Idol thing. Uh, I didn't even realize because that uh, whenever we were at WrestleMania uh, with Cricket Wireless last year in Dallas, that Fifth Harmony opened the show. So I've actually have seen this person perform. Uh, but yeah, she just Timberlaked that shit at, at, like totally because like she's got. She she was leaving that sinking ship. Has got she's on the cover of Billboard magazine right now by herself, not not with uh, Machine Gun Kelly. And because technically it's his track, uh, and she's just kind of like the guest vocalist on it. But but she is the true star there. So I even looked at the video, or or I, I was just trying to find it. And I just I went to my Apple TV, looked it up, and saw the video, and of course realized that she's of course insanely gorgeous. Uh, I, she's, I think she's like 2021, 20, um, uh, in the, um, in the prime of her life, you know, just, just ready, ready to, I mean, she is a star ready to break out. So check out Camila Cabello on the cover of Billboard magazine. There's a, there's a great story inside, whatever. She's awesome. Uh, so it's been, been such a pleasure to learn about, about her and, and, uh, and I mean, she's a, she's a true star. A true star has emerged. There's. So much stuff, you know, when you look up the top 10, uh, it, it's just full of auto-tune and, and whatever, and stuff that's just a total turnoff. But Camila Cabello, man, I'm telling you, oh my God, this song is just so great. And again, no disrespect to the Machine Gun Kelly fans out there, but it is just so boring. His rap is just, it's so boring and so generic, and she upstages him it's so badly.
so it's not a coincidence that that somebody you know was inspired to want to hear the song and just hear her unbelievably sweet voice. So here is Bad Things feature, uh, featuring just Camilo Cabello, and we'll be right back with uh, with Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men. Listening to Tricky Kid Radio. You got it. Hey, hey guys, this is Brian O'Halloran. You might know me from such classic cult hits as Clerks, Clerks 2, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Brutal Massacre, many, many more. And you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Veronica from Clerks. It ain't 37. Uh, this, you're listening to Tricky Kid. Radio. I messed that up anyway. <laughs> Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Marilyn. <laughs> they do know he's Marilyn. Uh, hello. Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. 
and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. You know me as Veronica from Clerks. It ain't 37. Hey, everybody. This is actor-musician Scott Schiaffo, best known from the Kevin Smith films Clerks and Vulgar. You are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Perfect. Of the week there, I wanted to uh, ask you, have you ever seen... uh, uh, You've seen AMC's Comic Book Men, right? Yeah, I actually checked it out uh, right when it first started airing on AMC. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a huge comic book fan, So and Kevin Smith to begin with, so that was kind of a no-brainer for me. Well, that's what you said at the top of the show, that you've seen all, all, all the all the, uh, the, the movies, and you can quote all them. of it. <laughs> right, for sure. So for him to, to be on a show where he's talking about comics and his own comic book store is right, right up your alley. Uh, great cast there. There's actually a guy... Uh, Childhood friend of his, Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan, who actually, Walt actually is the manager of the store, that's for real. And then Ming Chin was somebody who actually ran his his web ring for a while, and I'm, I know he does a lot of different things for him, and now he's just, he's part of the show, he's part of part of the thing, because he's got such a great personality, uh, and such a great uh, out, outgoing thing, I'm excited for you, if you guys haven't seen the show, to check it out, and you'll be able to pick up on it uh, right here. Yeah, his aura makes you happy. Yeah. Just when he talks. It's- yeah kind of comes out of him. And I've heard a lot of pe- people say that, and I felt, I felt the exact same way. Uh, you know, one thing that was very, very cool is that, you know, we, we met him at, again, we're talking about the, the Marvel uh, Nerdy New Year, and since I was a performer uh, as well, I got invited to go to the, uh, I was a guest, they have a guest dinner, um, uh, where all the invited guests get to go, and it was crazy. It was like surreal, because it was like sitting across from me. Uh, is it was Natalie Cox and her boyfriend. She's the one that plays Juno Eclipse in the Star Wars video game, The, the Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Natalie on the show a few weeks ago, and she was the absolute best. So fun and so funny, and we kind of became best friends after. Uh, Did a, you do a great karate night. in the basement? Uh, I, that's coming next. That's I have how to, you I, can become best friends. I have to go to London for that. She said. Okay. Um, but but then but I was sitting uh, with Ming uh, and his friends, and it was crazy. Like Peter Mayhew, the place Chewbacca was at the end of our table, and. Uh, forgive me, the girl that plays... Uh, I'm having... Uh, the, the, the woman from Star Trek, the one, uh, she's African-American. Oh, uh, you mean Lieutenant O'Hara? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was her birthday. And so now, like, when you go to a restaurant, everybody sings happy birthday. So it was this really surreal thing where I got Natalie in front of me, Ming to my right, Peter Mayhew with really, the table. Really, all I care about is Peter Mayhew. Like, yeah. I... <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then, of course, uh, the Star Trek. And then, like, Sam Jones, Flash Gordon, sit behind us at these long tables. So it was a, it was a crazy thing. And so I really got to, got to kind of, you know, kind of get a glimpse of, of, of what Ming is really like. And, and, he, and he, it was the same, as you'll hear in the I mean, what is in this interview was the same when he and I were having drinks together at, at dinner together that night. So, uh, so good times, man. So uh, I believe that they're about to do their third season. Uh, so without any further ado, I bring you from AMC's Comic Book Men. Here, you introduce him. The the ever-lovable, come on, what adjectives do you have for, for him? Oh my gosh, he is like the one and only original product, like often imitated, never duplicated. All right, all right. Ming Chen. He'll love that. All right, here he is. Yeah, that actually went for a year, which was great, so... Uh, so anyway, so we have Ming Chen uh, the, from uh, AMC's Comic Book Men here and everything else. So you now you're you're behind, you're behind the camera now, man. I mean, I mean you're in front of the camera now. So. Yeah, it, which is crazy. I'm I'm you know I'm kind of, I'm getting into I'm middle aged and uh, I'm on a TV show with four other middle aged guys. We're not really photogenic that way, but it, it, but you know it when you start talking about comics and pop culture, uh, especially these days, and you do it with the passion that we do. 
They'll throw you in front of a camera. Well, so for sure. So sure. fear not, everybody out there. Uh, if you want to be on TV and, you know, you might not look like a Brad Pitt or a Tom Cruise or, you know, one of those pretty boys. Uh, there's hope. There's hey, hope. If, if Walt Flanagan and Brian Johnson can uh, can, can land a, a, a TV oh, yeah. and get their close-up, then yeah. uh, there's yeah. hope for the rest of us, right? Yeah, but they, they do it through their, through their wit, their humor, and uh, making fun of me in particular. So, yeah. <laughs> why, are, why are you always seem to be the, uh, the, uh, the, the butt of the joke? Yeah, the, uh, I think the official in the press release, like, Ming Chen is the whipping boy of the secret stash. And, uh, there are a couple reasons. One, um, I'm younger than the other guys are, right. so you know I'm kind of like the little brother in the in the, in the family. And they've uh, known you for, for 25 years, yeah, right? They, yeah. Those guys may make yeah. it fun for 20 years, so yeah. it's yeah, it's not going to stop. I just uh, my th- my skin just kind of grew thicker exponentially, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, I'm kind of like Superman, where their barb just kind of bounces off me now. <laughs> but yeah, and I was hired later than all the other guys, so you know the last guy that gets hired, he gets the brunt of all the jokes, so. Well, so, so you can you can relate to uh, to us with, us with with Tricky Kid Radio here. You were running, like I said, like five podcasts yeah. at once, and like I said right before we went on air, you guys even had a, a brick and mortar uh, uh, setup called the Smodcast. Yeah, there we had a live we had a live podcast I mean, theater, saying. yes, which was cool in Santa Monica. Kevin built it, ran for a year, and on the weekends you could come and pay. It was like ten bucks or whatever, and come down and watch Kevin uh, record a podcast live, which I thought was way ahead of its time for sure and, and has anything like that ever happened since i don't or, think so i think uh, well chris hardwick's got one called the nerd melt uh, it's uh, located in the of back of he does. <laughs> uh, a comic book store in la called meltdown comics of course i know that right and, for sure yeah and they do live podcasts and, okay. and com- they, they do a lot of comedy shows too so okay yeah but that was a cool good because i uh, i inter- uh i interviewed uh kevin and Bri- uh, god uh ralph gorman yes yeah for the hollywood babble oh yeah and we did it there before, and then then he, before he moved it over to John Lovitz's right. club there and the, the Hollywood Walk there. But uh, I thought it was cool because it only holds hold like about fifty people. Yep, fifty so people. So it was kind of like the podcast thing, like like the, the idea of a podcast being intimate. Yeah, is what's kind of cool about it. So yeah, we actually, we do it in person. Yeah, so. it still kept that setting, and that's yeah. that's also what I love about podcasts. You're usually in a room with a, a couple of friends. Yeah. And you don't really think about the outside world that's as right. you're podcasting. You're just kind of talking to your friends. And then it gets released out into the world, and then you start meeting these people. It's like, oh, I love your podcast. And they're in, like, South Africa or Pensacola, Florida or yeah. Bangor, Maine. And you're like, wow, you guys listen to this? Like, yeah. that's really cool. And they and they, they love it. And it's really it's cool the reach that podcasting has gotten. For sure. Well, I'm sure when you started, just like when we started, we were thinking, no one's listening to our show. Right. You know? and, everybody goes, and then I'm looking at the analytics, and it was like 13,000 downloads in a day from Newcastle, England. Because yeah. we had... We, our show's about fun. We have everybody from wrestlers to authors to you know, yeah. and so there was we had this uh, wrestler on, and so in, in Newcastle, England, suddenly we had thirteen thousand downloads like in like an hour. Right, and, exploded. Yeah, so. and I was you know, and I was in, in London for a conference, and people do the show. It's yeah. Just like it's, Crazy. So, yeah. so you're experiencing that in a different way because you're on a, a network TV show with your friends, no less. Right. Yeah. So, that's that's pretty cool. But yeah. uh, this actually, if uh, the TV show actually spawned from a podcast, of course. Yeah. So we were podcasting first. Uh, one of the podcasts, uh, the one that uh, Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan on the show do with their friend uh, Brian Quinn from another TV show, Impractical Jokers. They started a podcast years ago. Which uh, AMC actually listened to, and um, just based on the dynamic, uh, I, I would they would call me in when they wanted to make fun of me, and uh, based on that dynamic, they're like, I mean, if these guys are as funny as they are on the podcast, 
as they could be on the show, then this is going to work. And, yeah. and it does work. Yeah. So, so the podcast, was this the Tell Him Steve Dave Tell Him Steve Dave, yes. I remember when Kevin did the tour, uh, and uh, they were kind of the opening act. Yeah, they did a bus tour. Yeah. And then and then we did uh, so we did some so, some pre press for that. Those guys were so fun. Yeah, you know, and we did. Uh, I've actually been to the to the secret stash there in uh, in Red Bank. Yeah. That, uh, so what what is what is moving forward? I mean, you guys have already been approved for another season, right? Uh, and, we're waiting. We usually don't find out until the season ends. So okay. uh, a couple months, they look at the numbers, and they see if uh, they can sustain another season. But yeah, so far so good. And uh, I want to thank anybody who watches currently. Yeah. On uh, you know either either on demand or on Netflix or 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 live on AMC after The Walking Dead. Well, you guys got to get a girl on that show at some point. Man. Hey, hey, I'm I'm all for that. Ashley is. I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for uh, you know either a female co co coworker or I, I'm what I'm really encouraging is uh, female podcasters. So. So this is really cool. I don't think there are enough of them. So I'm there, really... there, there isn't. And and, and, and I, I always kind of stole the, the dynamic from the whole Howard Stern, always having like a, a male-female, yeah. kind of very kind of opposite yep. type kind of thing. And like I said, Ashley is, like I said, she probably should be in front of the camera instead of just, just, just Well, I mean, there's here. always that option, yeah, which yeah. is great. But I think uh, the dynamic is way better. I, I, absolutely. I and think I, it's I, way better. Even when I have my friends and stuff, it was like, you know, I, I was... I have four sisters and everything else, so it's kind of like I feel like whenever we do our segments, yeah. it's so much more alive, you know. And, I, I agree. And has that dynamic and all that. I agree. So. I find myself uh, opening up a little more uh, around females for whatever reason. For sure. Yeah, uh, for you sure. know, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Yeah. <laughs> there is that, or um, you know, I, I think. <laughs> or even better, I think uh, females are better ballbusters than men are. Uh, oddly enough, so they do they approach it in a different way. Right. Well, also, I, I just try harder. I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm the best version of myself. Right. Well, you know, you don't want to look like a wuss in front of, right. a, you know, a beautiful woman. That's so, right. Exactly. Yeah, you never want to do that. So. <laughs> so it would be fun to see you guys squirm a little bit if you had uh, Ashley or, or, or somebody on, on on the show a little bit. Yeah. To see, to see Walt Flanagan or like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe you know, or uh, but but then but then people online would say you jumped the shark or something by saying that. Uh, you know, that, oh, so finally, they, they get people to, you know, to go after a different demographic yeah. to watch it or something. It might be kind of funny. Yeah, you know? I think that was actually an argument uh, when we had our first season. They saw the title of the show, which was Comic Book Men. And uh, a lot of people got up in arms. Like, you know, women read comic books, too. I was like, whoa, 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 we're not excluding anybody. Right. It's just this is the a show about four guys who have been working in a store forever. Yeah. And this is our dynamic. It's, you know, to... Inst- they, you know, there were calls that you should get a woman in there. You know, to insert a woman haphazardly wouldn't have worked. You right, know, just, right. Just well, a dynamic. You don't want the token thing there as right. well. That would be almost be equally insulting. Yeah, you know? yeah, and um, yeah. So you know, it's not like we discourage or anything. It's just right. this is this is how it is. It's reality is right. real life. You know, I'm not discouraged. I, I'm all for a female coworker. Of or uh, and uh, you know, we we get a lot of. I think our female to male uh, ratio patronage wages. Almost fifty-fifty at this point, well, so it's not like so it's you know, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I think that's just how the world is going. Really, right, sure. you know, if uh, you know, even at this convention or any convention, you see, it's it's uh, there, there are a lot of female. You know, especially from when I was a kid, there were no you know, it'd be one or two. And now it's almost half, so yeah. it's, it's great. I love it. I love I it. Absolutely oh, yeah. love it. Usually when you walk into a comic book store, there was, yep. you know, like when yeah. we, when we walk into a comic book store, still the record still kind of skips a little bit, sure. but, uh, you know. Yeah, but, but yeah, not not so loudly anymore, though. Right, for yeah. sure. Right, exactly. Well, Ming, I hope, well I'm, I'm certain that the show will be picked up, and I look forward Thank to you. seeing another that. season. It's good to talk to you again, Me man. Me too. Thank you, guys. Good to see you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Ash.
And we're back, and that was quite possibly uh, the raddest thing that I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> He's a cool guy, right? That is, yeah, that was the, that was the best thing, and I can't believe that everyone gets to listen to this for free because that was that was definitely like I would pay to sit and listen to him talk. Well, and that's the beauty of the show, right? That it, <laughs> it is free, and, and and thank you, thank you for that. He's such a positive guy. We got along so great. Like I said, I do a lot of interviews with a lot of people, but like I said, me and Natalie really, really became friends that night, and I really kind of felt the same way with, with Ming. He's just a, for a guy that, that talks to so many people and does so many con appearances, uh, he was just in Florida at PenceCon, and, uh, uh, and I'm sure that we're going to be running into him again very, very, very soon uh, at some of, some of the other um, cons coming up. And speaking of coming up, what uh, is there any, uh, is there any uh, comic book titles that you're excited about right now? Um, actually, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that now with the fact that The Walking Dead has restarted with the, the end of the seventh season. Uh, so I'm going to take this opportunity to finish. No spoilers. The, no, <laughs> yeah, no right. spoilers, right. because I that's one thing that I hold sacred is, is my Walking Dead. So I'm going to actually take some time and, and finish the graphic novels, which I don't know if anyone has actually taken the time to read them, but they are probably have some of the most beautiful artwork and some of the most well-drawn graphic novels that I've ever had the pleasure of reading. Now you're gonna you're gonna think, think that I'm totally freaking lame, but uh, but uh, do you uh, you're gonna believe this? But like, I've never seen The Walking Dead. That makes me incredibly sad. For you. <laughs> I don't think you're lame. I just think that like there's this awesome thing that you're missing out on. That... Well, you know what? It was it was like my older friend told me about all the thrash metal stuff. He goes, the reason why you've never heard of the band The Cramps is because you have never been turned on to it. So he took me to a cramp show. So I need you to take me on this Walking Dead journey with you here. Right. This is going to be kind of like I'm introducing you to heroin, though, because you're not going to be able to quit it. Like it, I, 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 I hear that, it's man. like It's like what we talked about in New Orleans. Like, you can get it on you. Yeah, you get it on like, you, right. right you're right. going to get some ripped grimes on you. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not the most biggest horror genre gore kind of guy. And you know, but it's, it's realistic horror. So it's not so much a whole bunch of hack and slash and, right, and, wouldn't interest me, and gratuitous violence. Gotcha, it's, gotcha. It puts you in real world scenarios, like you know. It's, it's, very, it's kind of where you can suspend your disbelief. It's psychological then. on it. so many levels. Now, was it a graphic novel before it was a show? It was originally a graphic novel, and then Frank Darabont was one of the people that actually went uh, to AMC. Got it. Right. And. Um, I don't think that they expected that it was going to take off with such ferocity because the first season, I remember uh, I was living in Colorado and I was like, okay, I saw the previews for this. I kind of need this in my life right now. And then it just blew up. Like it became this, like the next time that you were at a con, like you saw everybody cosplaying as Rick or Daryl. Like, you know, Daryl doesn't know this, but I'm going to have his babies at some point. I see. I see. Yes. Um, and any diehard Walking, da- Walking Dead fan... I was echoing what you're saying right now. Oh, I yes. See. There, okay. I can tell you there's lots of our female listeners right now. They're like, <laughs> oh, Daryl. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Got it. No, it's a, it's a very well-written show. The producers are on point. Um, and it's become such a big deal that, like, now even the cast doesn't know if they're going to die. Oh, so so, so as a... As a viewer you're you don't know who's staying or who's going you have no idea but even the cast they have they don't to be know. completely sequestered 
they can't talk about it. They, they can't even talk about it amongst themselves. Each other in contracts or and, somewhat limited. And, and, or... And, and, and they don't know until they get the script for that day and they read it. They're like, oh, well, I guess today is my day. <laughs> because they want it to be completely spontaneous and get that sure. raw and, emotion and, on the camera. In this day and age where we live, there's probably no surprises. No. So it's like, hey, can you come to my birthday party? I don't know. Stay tuned the next week, right? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, tune, tune into tonight's news and you can get a special right. sneak preview of whether or not I'm going to make it to your event or not. So you don't want to throw me into this lake over here for not seeing it yet, right? So, oh, no, uh, no. Because in, fact, in fact, describe describe where we are right now. Describe the, the surroundings. Oh, dude, this is awesome. We're actually uh, watching the ducks do their thing. Uh, we've had several passers-by with uh, various breeds of canines. And every time they walk by, you're either saying the word hell not, a hell boy, or I don't think I think you said heroin. It's gonna be like like yeah. heroin. Every time somebody walks by, I it's either hell boy or the, heroin. I get caught at the most awkward moments, <laughs> and I'd like to go ahead and give myself some credit because this is the longest period of time I've actually gone without swearing. Oh, okay. Well, um, well thank you for that. So, I that. so this is this is like a personal best for me right now. In fact, I'm gonna go home after this and eat an entire box of Ferrero Rocher, <laughs> <laughs> like as a treat. Like, girl. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, a little, a little, a little, little treat for you. Daddy there. would be proud. Like. Well, well, Domino, I thank you so much for, for, have, for being on the show this I've week. I've had a blast. I am totally looking forward to the next time. In fact, if you ask nicely, I might even cosplay something. So. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> and and so look for, uh, again, for Domino on the webs coming up with, tell me the, the, the website. The, the Tactical The Tactical Kitten. I mean, that's 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 going to be like my new homepage. It's going to be great. Uh, a comment real fast that I'm excited I want to plug real fast is uh, the, the band Slayer. They have a limited series coming out. I was at San Diego Comic Con this year where they actually performed and did a private show. And the comics look fantastic. Uh, I, issue one, I got both covers. I think issue two is coming out in about two weeks. Uh, check your local uh, uh, newsstand and comic book stores for the new book of Slayer. Uh, until next week, uh, I'm your host, Roy Turner. Again, I want to thank my co host, Domino. Thank you so much. And look for the tacticalkitten.com. And obviously, once again, you can find us on iTunes at uh, Tricky Kid Radio. Also at Facebook and go on to Twitter and uh, check out uh, and just type in the at sign in Tricky Kitten number two. My guest next week is going to be none other than the legendary Brian Tatler from England's Diamond Head. The originators of the new wave of British heavy metal that gave uh, life and birth and breath to none other than Metallica. So stay tuned and uh, we'll see you next week.